We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to another week of Unscripted. How are you, Lewis? I am knackered. <laughs> I'm yes, it's uh, uh, it's it's one of those things. Like mo- mostly, my job is uh, you know sitting behind a desk talking to people on the phone mm. or, or going out on the road and talking to people in person and and that sort of thing. But um, uh, also uh, because we're like a very small workforce, um, uh, when we get uh, product in, I got to help out with uh, oh. the product as well. So you've been a bit physical this week. I've been. Let's get physical. physical. I've physical. I've got totally physical. Uh, so, the, uh, over the last um, and, and like I, I'll say this, and uh, people who work like you know physical jobs every day, I just go, you bloody yeah, loser. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, over the last uh, three days, uh, I've, we've emptied out um, three <coughs> three forty foot containers. And that the, seems like a lot to me. Yeah, because like most of the stuff you get out out with a forklift and it's on pallets, mm. but then there's these uh, plastic um, drainage cells that uh, are all like individual, and you got to like pick those up and palletize them. And so uh, sounds it, like a big fat nope to me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a, but it's uh, it's good. Like it's a bit a bit of uh, a different kind of uh, work day. You know, you, you do your your normal on the phone talking to people stuff, and then you go out and you empty container for an hour and a half and then you go back and you know, talk to people again. So, uh, But, yeah, all the containers uh, have been done. There's two more next week, but uh, it's just, it is tiring when you do it day after day it's, and you're not used to doing it. Yeah. Your body just goes, what, 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 what's all this about? This is you're using all gone. these muscles that you don't normally. It's, it's one thing going to the gym and it's something completely diff, different, like using your body for work mm. every day. Um, yeah. For, for that sort of thing. Yes, yes. Ah. But looking, looking for the weekend, uh, but there's a, a, an interesting thing. I, I'm finally getting around to seeing an allergy specialist to find out ah. what the hell it is I'm allergic to. Um, I've, I've only known you for 17 or 18 <laughs> years, and I feel like it's been going on that long. Yeah. I could be wrong, but... Um, so you're going to go see them next Tuesday and apparently you're not supposed to take um, antihistamines for oh. uh, like 48 hours beforehand. Yeah. So I'm going to stop. I'm not going to take any like uh, over the next few days just to be 100% sure. Um, so it might be a very sneezy <laughs> weekend for me. Yeah, that's that's not going to be fun. No, no. But, but there is a goal and there is a reason for yeah. it and hopefully you'll have... Uh, it's going to be frustrating though if I get, go to an allergy specialist and then they do all the tests. They go, mm. you're not allergic to anything. Yeah, you're just sniffy. Yeah. I think the thing is like uh, hay fever gets people and I think... But the thing is you get it all year round. 
Like it's not like just spring. Mm. It's not just a jilba that you're all like got the pollen up in your nose. It's like dust. And my cousin is allergic to dust. So uh, you could be allergic to dust. True, I think so. But my mm. um, my boss, uh, he got, got when got the allergy test done and found out one of the things he's allergic to lupins. Lupins. I don't even know what that lupins. is. It's a flower. It's oh, a, um, it's a it's a flower, and I think they use it to make uh, like flour. I think a lot of um, vegan kind of st- not vegan, no, no, oh. not vegan. Uh, what's the other one? Um, gluten free. Mm. I think a lot of gluten free stuff is made with lupin uh, oh. flour. Um, but uh, yeah, so but lupins. Um, it, it, whenever I hear lupins, it reminds me of a Monty Python sketch uh, where there was this highway man who used to steal people's lupins. <laughs> right. And yes, yes. It reminds me of of Remus. Remus uh, Lupin. Oh, now I can't even remember his name. Remus Lupin. Lupin from Harry Potter. Is that what his last name is? Lupin. I can't Lumen. Remember. Oh my gosh, my brain is fried. I've been so- training all day, it and was- mentally I'm broken. It was something like a uh, very like Mooney because he was a, va- a werewolf. So yeah. Oh, that's gonna kill me now. I think. I mean, I used to be really into the 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 series, and now I just. Lumos? No, that means turn the lights on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be, I'll remember at 3 a.m. I won't. It's fine. Somebody will just text us or I will look it up beforehand. You know what I hate? Because I've, I've got a little bit of insomnia. When my husband asks me a question, like while we're in bed and I don't know the answer and then I have to open up my phone, he's like, you don't need to look that up now. And I'm like, I do? Like, are you for real? You know I have to look it up now. Or like if I'm thinking about a movie and I'm like, oh, what's that actor's name? Yeah, I have to look it up. Yes, it's 11.30 at night. Yes, I have to go to sleep. But I can't go to sleep until, yeah. So, yeah, my brain keeps me up for all manner of weird things. One of the things I do like about I've got an iPhone, and one of the things I do like about it is um, I, I believe you can go, "Hey Suri, Lumos," and then the uh, the uh, yes. light on the back turns on, but didn't do it. Ah, ah. It, it does work though. Maybe it's the way you said Siri. Ah, Remus Lupin. Ah. I was right, kind of. Yes, yeah. Lupin. Lupin. I was. See, I knew Alan would get back to us. He's, <laughs> It's He's funny because I did say so dependable. I said the hey, hey Siri thing, and now it's just uh, actually taking down everything that you and I have just said. It's interesting you say Suri. It's it's that's that's Tom Cruise's daughter's name. It's Siri. Hey Siri. Yeah, I know, but it's just the way I pronounce things, isn't it? Um, what were we trying to ask Siri? Uh, we're trying to get uh, to turn a light on on the phone. Yeah. Um, you know how awkward it is when my my watch actually talks to me when it's not supposed to. That was like the one time it was supposed to, but the, doesn't normally. But when, anyway, sometimes we we talk not talk. Sometimes uh, we're watching TV, and uh, some people will say like serious or something like that. So it sounds a bit like Siri, and then uh, the the Siri will arc up and like sometimes just answer a random question. Honestly, I, I've talked about it before, but mine only t- turns on in the most inopportune times like when I'm trying to talk to a customer or something and you're on the phone it's a really serious conversation in the background. It's like, I can't help you. And I'm like, I'm not talking to you, Siri. <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, we've – so um, Cecilia is not here today. She's um, she's stuck at work. And then she's got an event on, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if I read that right. Uh, but we do have things to talk about. She'll be back hopefully next week to also give her her opinion on Exorcist Believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you will be reviewing that tonight. Um, I've got an Australian film which is out nationally in the next um, few weeks. Not There's no screening here in WA, but you could be listening to this as a podcast somewhere nationally and then it will be streaming. So that's the cost. I'll be talking about that. I've got a bone to pick with a movie, a Pixar movie called uh, The Good Dinosaur, so I'll get into that later. Um, And Ahsoka has finished, so we do have stuff to talk about, but, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Mm. You just got got lost. Hey, did you go to the Royal Show? God, no. You didn't? No. Remember, my son doesn't know that exists. We're going to go to, like, the 2J show. You go to the little... Small ones. Uh, right, okay. Because I'm not how does, fit for that stuff. How, how does how does you keep it away from a – how old is uh, Bryce now? He just turned seven just a, on Tuesday. So how do you keep the role show away from a seven-year-old? To be honest, I think most kids of his age don't really – there's not a whole lot of people that go to it. To, I know lots and lots of people go to it, but it's not something that gets talked about a lot. And I think – I don't know. He just is, it's not happened. We have to do Halloween for the last few years because mm. that's big um, and now we're getting into it. So, you know, but the Royal Show, not so much. But even if he does want to go, he's not going. <laughs> so I, I say we do. We go to the Royal Show. It's just we go to the smaller one with less people. And anyway, he, he gets sensory overload like I do. So mm. if I explain it to him like that, he will be like, no, nah, I don't really want to go anyway. So... Yeah. I, I saw this article because uh, the Royal Show, like the, the, every year there's articles about the Royal Show, it's so expensive and blah, 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 blah. This is why he doesn't know about it. He doesn't read the newspaper. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. And the, uh, you know, and every year it's kind of like it's about ticket pricing and, uh, you know, how much it is to go on a ride or mm-hmm. what show bags cost. And it, it is, it's an expensive day out. There's, there's no, no two ways about it. But mm. sometimes uh, reporting is just so poor. Like there was this article saying like family of five go to the Royal Show and spend over $2,000. And I was like, that's interesting. I wonder how you can, you know, I've been to Disney and not spent like $2,000 in a day. Yeah, why so on earth are how, they doing? So what, 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 what are you spending your money on there? And, uh, and so they broke it down. And it was like, you know, you go through the article and they're, they're like, okay, we paid for our entry. And then we went in there and we had some food and some drinks. And, and then um, uh, we decided to go to another place. We had a few more drinks. And then, and then we bought a $1,900 trampoline. I was like, ah. Wait a second. There, I can see your problem. I could see a problem there. It's so it's it's buying a nineteen hundred dollar trampoline. Yeah, that's that's that would be your problem, sir. I yeah. think. Um, I mean, with that said, it is really, really expensive. I actually don't know. I haven't been for twelve, thirteen years. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time, and even then, I was like, "This is a rip off." But um, you know, just go to one of the smaller local shows, and um, yeah, that's how you do it. Oh, it's 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 it's, it's, it's day out, isn't it? It's, it's a day out. Yeah. I think it's some people love it and others don't. Like I'm not really one for rides. I'm too old. Mm. Uh, clearly, that's not an issue for you. You don't care. You love rides, yeah. but it needs to be something that 
Chris will go with because I get car sick, so I'm not good on an actual ride. Mm. So oh, the, the, the yeah. rides, the rides are not so much uh, for me. Like, uh, yeah, I think Kat and I have kind of spoiled ourselves doing all the theme park, you know, mm. uh, visits we've done. Uh, but I like going there and looking at the animals, looking at the baby animals. Yeah, that is that's, nice. That's, that's, that's a good thing. About it. And also uh, the last few years, I don't think this year was the case, but uh, previous years EPW had a um, uh, gate one and they were doing events there as well. So that mm. was cool to go up and go and watch some wrestling as well. Uh, but, yeah, it was yeah, – it's, it's good fun. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that article was just funny where they where yeah. they, they literally had an article going like, they, yeah, these people went there and they spent $2,000. It's like, yeah, most of it was on a freaking trampoline. It's yeah. like that's bad reporting. Yeah, that's that's going to happen if you buy a trampoline at the Royal Show. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's that's – that's crazy making. In, impulse buying. It's, it's like <laughs> you, you, the people there just have no control. No. I think the thing is if you're, if you're not into the Royal Show like me, there are other avenues for things like baby animals, like the, the cuddly farm up in, I think it's Ellenbrook. We went there like once. So there's, there's avenues if you've got kids to, to avoid that. But my main thing is I'm just not very good with crowds mm-hmm. and we went to the zoo on Wednesday um, for Bryce's birthday. He did a couple of things, but we went there and it. There, we got there and it was pretty quiet because we got their first thing and then it just gets more and more people mm. and then all of the kids from vacation care start rocking up and then you're trying to get through crowds and like squeeze into areas and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Uh, so, yeah, we, we left at 12.30, but that was not my choice. Um, that was my son's choice. So, And he was Devo because he didn't see the otters, oh. which are his favourite animal. But since they've moved them, they're basically impossible to see. Well, you can't see the otters. Mm-mm. Oh. So, they, well, there's more hiding places for them, I guess, oh. which is good for the animal. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, where they used to be. When was the last time you went to the zoo? Oh, a few years back. Because they used to be up near the sun bears and they had like a little water thing that they swam in and, yeah, you used to always, always see them. But now they've moved the, the enclosure not too far away. But, you know, now you can't see them because uh. they hide. And, you, yeah, that was really bad. It was very close to tears. It was a bad day. <sighs> yesterday um but anyway it's all good we're gonna go um to a couple of sponsors and we will be back maybe talking about our first movie of the night you're listening to unscripted the film show um so the exorcist yes have you seen the original uh years ago because the the original is 50 years old this year Oh, happy birthday, Exorcist. Well done, you. Um, yeah, so The Exorcist Actually, my based mate, on a book. My mate Lee's also uh, 50 as well and he's uh, celebrating his birthday. Oh, happy so birthday, Lee. Give him, give him a shout Sharing out. it with The Exorcist. Well yeah. done, you. Um, <laughs> um, but the original Exorcist uh, film is there's a couple of different versions. Uh, if you are into it, you've probably seen it already. If you've never seen it, do watch the extended version. It makes more sense. Oh, okay. Um, but 1973 it came out and, of course, um, based on a William Peter Blatty book and directed by William Friedkin. Um, and I think the reason I like the extended version is because it includes a whole section where they take um, Regan to, like, get some 
some scientific studies mm. before they like and some medical studies before they actually get to the exorcism thing so so they try things first before yes. they bring on the priest yeah mm. and i think that they that part of the film is very much condensed when mm. they originally came out cuz they're like nah, get to the horror get to the horror mm. so which is fine but i feel like a bit of backstory is good and backstory is what i want to ask you about is this a backstory is this a backstory? Yeah, like a prequel. I have no idea what this new one's about. No. Oh. Now, there have been uh, sequels to the original Exorcist film. Um, yes. And this is a um, – the film is uh, a Blumhouse film, the, the, the new version, Ex- Exorcist Believer, um, and they bought the rights to make the sequel. So this is actually a sequel to the original Exorcist. Oh, wow. And okay. it kind of ignores the fact that there was other Exorcist films after that original one. So similar to what they did with Halloween mm. where they just went, I don't know, the first one happened but then, you know. All those other ones didn't ignore them. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, so this this is a, a direct sequel to the uh, the Exorcist film. Um, it does uh, star Alan uh, Burstein, who was does it really in the original one? Yeah, uh, and so they went to her and said, uh, "Will you come back for the Exorcist Believer?" And she said, "No." You, I mean, you broke my back <laughs> in the first one, so yeah. no. And and they said, "We'll give you lots of money," and she said, "No." <laughs> I said. Uh, we'll give you twice as much money as we were going to give you before. And she went, okay, but I'm going to give it to this, this actor's charity. So, mm. so yeah, she, she's, she's back. Um, and uh, does Regan come back? I don't know. You will have to find out um. by watching the movie. Um, but this takes place in the, the modern era. Although looking at the clothing that people are wearing, uh, I was going, is this happening now or is <laughs> this like in the 80s? And then I was like, oh, no, no, that's a laptop and then mobile phones. This is this is like happening in the here Oh, it's now. like sex education all over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But way scarier. Yeah. Um, and so in this, um, in this film, uh, it starts off with a heavily pregnant, uh, mother to be, um, I think she's in like a African country. Like um, uh, I'm not sure if it was Ghana or some somewhere else around there. It was actually it was seaside, so it might have been Jamaica. I'm not sure. Anyway, it was in a, an African ish like country, um, and uh, she's there. And there's like you know uh, these women that are just like giving her like blessings and like you know, protecting her unborn baby and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then something happens and uh, she ends up uh, you know, getting very, very injured and her husband has got to make a choice uh, to save the baby or save the mother. And then uh, the, the film goes 13 years into the future. Uh, the mother is, is dead and... Um, well, we know which way he went. <laughs> the mother's dead and uh, so he's uh, bringing up his daughter as a, uh, a single dad Um and the uh, the daughter is kind of like you know she's curious about her mum, so like she goes into the the room and you know steals one, you know takes uh, some of the stuff that was a mum stuff. Which I'm surprised at 13 years old, I would have thought her dad would have been like you know here's all your mum stuff, you know enjoy it. And, might be yeah. too painful for him. I think it might have been. I think it might have been. Um, anyway, so she. Uh, 
with her friend decide that they're going to try and do a little ritual thing to be able to talk to, to mummy dearest um, and they they you know uh, go plan with their friend that uh, you know they'll go, be going to each other's house and doing that thing that you know kids always do where you it's, know is it a Ouija board it's not a Ouija board, no, oh. no. Uh, it was just some other, you know, thing. But the, the, the thing is, like, I don't believe in, you know, heaven, hell, God, any of these things. But um, I still think uh, just on the, the odd chance, if there's mm-hmm. like a 1% chance of any of it being real, do not screw with the supernatural. I think that's just a, a, a rule we should all live by at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. just in case. Just, just in cases, just in cases. Mm. So... Um, these girls don't live by those rules, um, and so they decide. Uh, Many thirteen-year-old girls don't live by those rules. Yeah. I have to tell you. <laughs> so yeah, so don't don't go and be saying bloody Mary into a mirror three times. I'm just saying, or Beetlejuice for that matter. <laughs> um, anyway, so they go into the woods now. If you're going to be doing stupid supernatural stuff, don't go into the scary woods. That's a dumb idea. And then they decide to go into what looks like an old abandoned sewer tunnel. Again, not the smartest tools in the drawer. I have to advise, as someone who was a 13-year-old girl, we're not that clever at that age. There's too much – there's like hormones going nuts. You just – yeah, most 13-year-olds are dumb. Right. It's not their fault that they're dumb. It's just – it's just that age. Yeah. Yeah, so these the two girls go into the, the tunnel, they have their little ritual and then the parents come home and go, I had a daughter, now I don't have a daughter. Where's my daughter gone? No. And um, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone, for gone. Three days. Oh. And, uh, and then, uh, then they come back and they just ain't quite right mm. um and it ain't quite right to the point where they've got to get a bit of like you know uh, you know psychological help um and then uh once all that fails let's bring in the priests yeah <laughs> um they also the thing i love, love about this film is though they're not all like um let's like just bring in the catholic priests um in fact the, the catholics are a bit they're a bit toolish in this film um but they they have like evangelicals as well um they they get like a you know an African wise woman cover thing as well. And so they're, they're like, just going, let's just cover the bases here, kids. Let's bring in everyone we can. Let's get the demon out of my children. Yeah. Um, it, let's get the hippie to sage the room. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a, it's a, like, the film gives you exactly what you want from an exorcist film. Mm. It, it's got... Wait a second. Is there someone walking backwards down some stairs? Oh, okay. It doesn't give you everything. Oh. <laughs> Um, but it's it's creepy. Uh, you know, you've got the, the two girls who are possessed in this film, not just one girl. So that's double the fun. Bang for your buck. I know. Um, and uh, it, it's it, it just it, it pulled back all the the stuff of that original film. Um, it adds on onto it as well. Um, it's creepy. It's scary. Um, and uh, you know there's going to be sequels to it because when they bought the rights to do the film, they guaranteed there's going to be three films. Regardless of how this does at the box office, they've got to make two more films. Oh. Mm. I so, will be intrigued to hear what our horror aficionado thought of this film. So, yeah. Which is not you, no offence. Yeah. Uh, but you know it's not you. You know it's Cecilia. Quite right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a horror like aficionado. In, 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 I like horror movies, but mm. uh, not to the 
point where I you know uh, yeah, seen them all. But uh, no. ironically, like I saw saw um, saw saw <laughs> uh, saw saw and uh, I saw saw X, and that was like more of that torture porny kind of horror. Yeah, the, the the that really is gross. Out. It's not scary. Mm. It's just gross. Like mm. um, whereas this is is getting into that you know that that scary primitive brain part stuff. of your brain. Yeah. Where, like, as I said, like, you know, Creepy. everything, every logical thing says there is no God, there's no supernatural, there's none of that stuff exists. Mm. But in the back of your brain, there's a, but maybe. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's that's what these movies tap into is that, yeah. that thing in your back of your brain. But maybe, you know. It's thing, the lizard brain. It's yeah. the lizard brain coming alive. Yeah, the thing that makes you look in the backseat of your car before yeah. you get into it, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, so it, uh, this film is uh, is good. Um, is it the best horror film I've seen? No, but I, I still think it's a you know it's a smart move. Just going, yeah, the other stuff. Forget about the other stuff. Uh, that didn't happen. It's just the ex- Exorcist, and then this is a sequel to that. Uh, Fifty years later, because I've never seen any of the other Exorcists, mm. just the original. And I've watched it quite a few times, actually. I really, really like it. I, wonder, I, I mean, as much as you can like a horror film, I think it's really well made. Yes, I'll put it that way. The, another film I'd like like them to like Blumhouse have a crack at is The Omen. That's a ah, oh. yeah. The guy who played Remus Lupin was in the uh, in the remake of it uh, a few years ago. Oh wait, there is an Omen move. There's an Omen. Uh, I don't know if that's because there's uh, the original Omen that was in 1976. So yep. same year I was born. Damien. Uh, there's a Damien Omen two nineteen seventy eight, um, and uh, there must be like some more. Cause... There was one in the in the early twenties. Uh, in the early twenties, like I, I mean, in the twenty uh, twenties, uh, but not twenty twenties. Um, in the early tens or something. Two thousand six. Okay, there you go. That was the one that had David um, Thewlis in it. Yeah, I think that was pre. Oh, Leif Schreiber. I think it was pre Blumhouse. So I think Blumhouse needs to get the rights to the Omen and do it. Because, a... um, I just remember someone got beheaded. I think it was actually David Thewlis, um, and it was quite spectacular. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing that movie, and it, I I can't remember how much. I thought of it, to be honest. It's interesting the things you do remember about um, horror films and what you don't remember. At my workplace last Friday, someone mentioned a the Amityville horror remake mm-hmm. and I said, oh, the one with Ryan Reynolds in it. And they're like, was Ryan Reynolds in it? I don't remember Ryan Reynolds being in it. And I'm like, yeah, at one point he has a wet T-shirt and at another point he has no shirt on. <laughs> and they're like, mm, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, look it up. And I was right. It's like, of all the things to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did think with the uh, the exorcist, the one thing I would have liked to have happened during the film. Was a wet T-shirt. Uh, well, yeah, but that's always a that's always a plus to a movie, really. Just like even if it's completely random. Yeah. But anyway, mm. um, no, I would have loved to have Russell Crowe's uh, Father Gabriel character just <laughs> from the Pope's Exorcist just rock yep. up and uh, you know uh, do do his. Can thing. I help? Yeah. Can I help? <laughs> no, no, we've got this. Just close the door slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it becomes a comedy then. That's more of a scary movie. Yeah, yeah kind yeah. of yeah. thing. So, how would we rate this film? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to give it um, three and a half. Oh, there's a snake there. (laughs) (laughs) 
you gave me a fright there for a second, mm-hmm. but obviously um, there was a snake there. Were there plenty of jumps? Oh, there was a few jumps, you know. It was yeah. like, uh, yeah, the very the very opening bit of the movie is a jump scare. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Like, it's such a stupid uh, jump scare as well. It's like two dogs barking each other. <laughs> It's it's interesting. Uh, okay, so I'll jump into this. Um, my son has been having like movie dates with me where he wants to sit and watch a movie with me and la- yesterday he wanted to watch a movie that neither, is, neither of us had seen yet. So we put on Disney Plus, started going through animated stuff and just picked something and he picked Pixar's the Good Dinosaur. Mm. So this has um, young Arlo. He's the runt of the litter, and his family owns a farm. And he's, you know, he's the one who's kind of struggling. He's got he's a bit cowardly, um, and his parents are trying to encourage him to be braver. And then he has to watch this whole lot of um, like their stack for the winter. Mm because some little critter is getting into it. The little critter ends up being like a, a human boy. Mm. Um, and so he didn't succeed at that. And then and then bad stuff just starts happening. So the first thing that occurred was I got to explain to my son what a trope is um, because music was lifting, it was getting scary, and he's like, oh, what will happen is something that will pop out and it will be something cute because Arlo's like scared to bits because mm. the, the leaves are rustling and you think, oh, something scary is going to pop out. And Bryce is like, oh, it will end up being some cute little critter and it will be all doe-eyed and stuff. He didn't use the terminology doe-eyed. <laughs> he's, he's a clever kid but not that clever. And, I, and that's what happened and I said that's what you call a, a trope and explained it. But anyway, this film is my ver- my child's version of the never-ending story because it's traumatising. So my son, is he's relatively sensitive, um, but this, but not, like this movie ruined him. <laughs> like just one bad thing happened after another, like first, like spoilers for a movie that came out in 2015. It's not Pixar's best work, just to let you know. But first the dad dies and then Arlo is like lost and then he gets stuck under a log and then he can't get up her. Like just bad stuff keeps happening and then there's these horrible pterodactyls that are like trying to attack him and... Just my son cried like five different times. I made us sit through the entire thing because I'm like, it's a kid's movie. I even said to him, it's a kid's movie. It has to have a happy ending. Um, and so he's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll watch till the end because you said it's a kid's movie and I'll have to have a happy end. It, it did because the family all got together again. I mean, not the dad because he was dead. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, Disney films, parents have to die. Well, I expected one of the parents to it's die because it is a trope, <laughs> because it was a Disney film. I was like, well, Pixar back in the day. But yeah, so I knew that one of the parents would die. But it got to a point where I was like, oh, come on. Like, seriously, give the guy a break. Like, it was terrible. He did it get was... to get drunk during the movie, though. There's that. Oh, yes, I I do remember. Yes, yeah, that was funny. Uh, Bryce didn't quite understand that and I'm like, well, I guess those apples were rotten um, and they tasted a bit funny. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just 
every time something really scary was about to happen, he just yeah, it was there was tears. So so good dinosaur was bad news bears then. Yeah, I feel like we lived through a trauma yeah. together, me and Bryce. We trauma bonded through that movie. So if you haven't watched it with your kids yet, don't. Don't, don't. Don't do it. That's my review. <laughs> and how many... How many uh, Don'ts am I going to give it? Are you going to give that one? How many drunken, rotten apples am I going to give it uh, for a movie that's eight years old? Mm. Um, I am going to give it um, zero drunken dinosaurs um, because it made my son cry five times um, but I will give it two and a half um, pterodactyls because it had some good stuff in it because by the time it ended he's like oh so he got his courage because his friend who was the little kid pushed it like he got the moral of the story and I was like well he was always powerful he just had to find his power you know so Bryce got the point of the movie, but still, it was it was traumatic. Nice. Yep. So you remember last week when you were talking about, I thought about you while we were watching it, because last week you were talking about how you got your first VHS player mm-hmm. and the first thing your dad was like, let's watch Watership Down. This is my son's version of Watership Down. For real. He's going to have like, when he's like 30, he's going to be having this conversation with somebody about how traumatic this movie it is. Would, it, it wouldn't be the same because, like, uh, it didn't have bright eyes, like, singing in the background. <laughs> bright eyes. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. On that note, we're going to go to a sponsor and be back in a moment. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Well, at least I didn't do it on air. <laughs> I like to just catch you off guard right before we go on air just to make you say something. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Into a hot mic. <laughs> I think I just wanted to say hot mic. Yeah. It's a hot mic. Oh, I just want to say. Your name was Mike and you were hot. <laughs> it's like people just keep talking into you. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking into me, for God's sakes. You're right in my face, dude. Um, now, I can't remember if I spoke about this last week or not, but it was something I'm fearing, feeling very terribly smug about. So I'm just checking if I spoke about being smug last week. Um, I cannot remember you being smug last week. We were talking about being smug last week. Okay. It was about Russell Brand. Oh, no, no. I don't think we were talking about Russell Brand so, at all last week. No. People many moons ago were like, oh, this guy's so funny, la, la, la. So I got his book and I read it thinking I guess maybe after I read the book I will get why people like him. Um, but I finished the book and still thought he was an a-hole. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did like him and get him to the Greek. But generally speaking, for a long time, I've just thought he was a bit of an a-hole. Mm. Turns out he is. There's a documentary series about um, how he has sexually uh, um, assaulted a bunch of women have, who have come forward and said, like, yes, it's their allegations currently, but mm-hmm. I tend to believe women. Um so I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really smug. I thought this guy was an a-hole from day one. I'm feeling like I picked it. I picked it, guys. Mm. So just, yeah, heads up. Mm, mm. I just like it when I'm right about <laughs> something, that's all. I just had to tell something into a hot mic. 
just so more than just you could hear it <laughs> right. about how smug I am. Fair, fair enough, fair mm. enough. So, yeah, we'll have to see how that one uh, plays out because, uh, yeah, he Russell Brand is uh, certainly, um, uh, you know, he's getting uh, onto his, uh, his like, whatever, I don't know what platform he's got, um, but he's, he's uh, like uh, one of those video platforms. And he's got all the Professing his innocence and stuff like that. Well, but, I think he's... Somebody, I think it was Chris, said he was really right-wing these days. Really? Is that the case? Uh, yeah, but Weird. I don't know if that's fully... Like, I do not follow the news or anything. So I heard this only because I listen to a podcast that goes and watches true crime documentaries mm, and breaks mm. them down. So I was like, oh, okay, there you go. Because uh, I'm pretty bad with keeping... Oh, my gosh, the guy Dumbledore died. Yes, he did. The guy Dumbledore died. <laughs> Michael Garbin. Yeah. Gambin. Um, I, I corrected the spelling. Yep. Yep, that someone pointed out on our uh, unscripted page. Uh, no, I, I, I put it up there and then I corrected it as well. So I don't know if we both corrected it, but it was... Uh, oh, well, either way, we yeah. corrected it. So yeah. um, we were so in, like we were so concerned about being incorrect, we both corrected it. Mm. Um, probably very, at the very same moment. It was very correct after we both corrected it. <laughs> That's right. Doubly correct. Uh, yeah, I can't believe we forgot to forgot to mention that. But he's he's gone. He's no longer with us. Well, he is he is old. He, he um, was he was getting on. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, Michael Gambon. Yeah, that's the uh, that, eighty two. That's a, the sad thing um, is that people get old. and it's, it's, It always surprised me like when I – mean, I guess I was sad when Stanley died and he was in his 90s, but it was kind of like an inevitability. It's kind yes, because like he some, was in his 90s. Yeah, at some point in time, he is going to die. Same with the Queen. It was like when the Queen died, it was kind of um, not I mean, sad. it was going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. I mean, no one lives forever. It's like yeah, – No. It, but, yeah. Um, some things just hit harder than others. Yeah. And sometimes it is an age – Thing like the the year that Alan Arkin uh, Alan Arkin far out <laughs> Alan Rickman died in the same year as David Bowie and mm. um, Princess but, Leia. But, was, but that was a hard they're year. They're all younger though. They they weren't yeah. Really so old that's people. why yeah. That's probably why it hit pretty mm. hard. Because I know no don't don't be dead. It's just like, yeah. No. Whereas I mean when Judy um, when Judy Madam. Sir, what's what are they called? Dame, Dame, Dame Judy Dench. When she passes on, it'll be a shock because mm. she's still like you know she's fully with it and she seems to be, you know, getting out there, still doing stuff. Mm. So it will be a shock, but also not so much. Yeah, because well, she's so, getting on also. Someone else who was also uh, a shocking death recently uh, was Ray Stevenson, um, and you know he he's an actor that's been in you know a lot of uh, different films. Um, he was in the Thor, the first couple of Thor films, uh, and uh, he was in. Um, uh, Punisher Warzone, and he just—he's got a—he's had a massive career, um, and he—he he died after filming uh, his part in Ahsoka. Um, that is a beautiful segue. Can I just you. say congratulations? Thank you very much. Yes, he was Volstag in Thor. He was Porthos in the, uh, the two, 2011 Three Musketeers. He was in Vikings. Yeah, he's Vikings. Uh, he's been—he's been in a. Whole. He's a good character actor. Yes. You yeah. wouldn't know him uh, unless you saw his face and then you'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I recognise 
that man. Been in so much stuff, it's just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he um, was in Ahsoka and uh, he was playing a, a former Jedi who was... His path um, isn't really like... He's up to something, but you just don't know what he's up to. It's mm. like, oh, I want to know what you're up to. Um <laughs> But yeah, Ahsoka is now played out. All, all eight episodes are now out on Disney Plus. So if you're one of those people who uh, were waiting for them all to drop so that you could um, you could just binge, binge them, uh, then your time is now, and you can go check them all out. Um, so uh, the Ahsoka TV show, like you can watch it without having first watched all of Clone Wars and all of Rebels, but mm. it's just like these characters are just being introduced to you. If you haven't watched those series, but if you have watched all of Clone Wars, all of Rebels, you come in with already established like you know feelings about the characters. Um, you know, you know where they've come from. Uh, you know, you know, hopefully we get an idea where they're going. Mm. Um, so you don't need to. You can watch this like with no background at all. Um, but yeah, if you if you want to go back and do that homework, then yeah. you will just get that little bit extra out of the TV show. I feel like most people who are going to watch it have watched everything, or at, at least have quite a good background knowledge. Yeah, but the um, the, the the TV show is great. Rosario Dawson is a Sokatano. so she's playing a character that previously had only been in animated. Versions. Mm. So she's the first. I can live see action. the animated version in my head, and I've never seen it. Yeah, she's the first live action Ahsoka. She's fantastic. Um, you got David Tennant uh, plays Huang, who is this ancient robot who's been teaching uh, Padawans how to make lightsabers for eons. Uh, and David Tennant is the best robot. He is really good. Um, He's got the perfect voice for a robot. I feel. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. You got Natasha Lee uh, Bizarro uh, who plays Sabine Wren, and she's an Australian. So yeah, support Australians. Watch uh, Ahsoka. Um, <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays Hera. Uh, Ray Stevenson is Balok Skull, who's the the Jedi I mentioned before. Former Jedi, now kind of evil, but is he evil? I don't know. Um, he's training his apprentice uh, Shin Hattie, played by Ivana Sanko. Uh, and Diana Lee in Santono uh, plays Morgan Elizabeth, and she was previously in uh, Mandalorian, um, and so the the story of Ahsoka continues on from Mandalorian. Um, it it's just a really really good series, but it's a part of a bigger story that Dave Filoni is telling. So even though you're watching this, it's kind of like the middle bit of a larger story. Mm. So um, when you get to the the, the end of the, the season, it's not necessarily the end of the story. So it's not all wrapped up nicely in a bow or anything like that. Um, I want to I want to relate it to a another movie, but I'm not going to do that because if I do that, it kind of gives away ah. the the end of the the season. Um, but it's. It was good. It was good and it's one of those things where it's good and it makes me excited for what comes next. Then did you watch said movie afterwards or are you planning to? Uh, no, no, no. The, the, the movie um, is a movie... Um, okay, what, saying that, is is that giving it away? No, it's... 
Well, I think what what I'll do is that we're going to do a tangent city on Ahsoka, but oh, yeah. I'm going to wait till my mate Lee gets back because he's he's uh, the, the biggest you know Star Wars fan I know. So I'll wait till he gets back, and then uh, Kat and I will do a tangent city, and we'll we'll get, do a deep dive. Yeah, and I'll mention the the movie that I think the ending of this is kind of like. Yeah. And Lee's going to be on the show? Yes. I was yeah. going to say, well, that wouldn't make sense. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you mention him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite right, quite right. So, so yeah, uh, but, yeah, Soka is great. Um, and also, if you want to have a double dose of awesomeness, uh, Loki Season 2 should be out now on Disney Plus as well, uh, which is very, very cool. And I'm going to get some, uh, some uh, Chinese food on the way home and then go home and uh, watch some Loki and eat, eat my Chinese food. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, we've just got one final thing to talk about, and that is a film called The Cost. This is a small Australian um, well, it says drama, but I feel like it's more of a thriller slash drama. And it's getting a special theatrical um, opening and it's a very small um, release. So it's it's going to be in Victoria for the next few days and uh, then it's going to be in New South Wales and South Australia. Um, but it's not coming to WA, unfortunately, but it is... Uh, opening nationally in in a few of those states, so you, it's you can find it if you are listening to the podcast, and also it will be available um, shortly. Uh, actually, from October the eighteenth for purchase on um, you know DVD or to rent on iTunes and Amazon, Google, YouTube, you know all all those regular places. So if you want to support a, this independent production from local filmmaker Matthew Holmes, then that is a good opportunity to do it. Because unfortunately, with a lot of these smaller Australian films, they don't have, you know, the backing of of the big distributors and and all the advertising that they can flash everywhere. So this is how they get their their movie out there. So um, it is... It, it's a great title, actually, for, for the film that it is. I love me an Australian thriller. I think we do great Australian thrillers. This one, I, I don't want to give too much away because I think part of the experience of the film is is seeing what unravels. Um, and I think about... This is much darker, but I think about that... Um, that film that we both loved, The, the Square, where things mm. just kept getting going wrong. Um, there's an element of that going in into this film as well, like things are not exactly going to plan, but it, things are much, much darker. So it starts out with two guys um, who are going camping, but the reason for their camping trip um, is is quite a lethal one. Mm-hmm. Um very dark and you're like, okay, so what's going to happen here and why are they choosing to do what they're doing? Um, oh, man, it's it's hard to review because I just don't want to give anything away, even though some of the stuff, it, it might actually be in the trailer, but um, they basically abduct somebody. So that I'm, the only reason I'm putting that out there is because I'm pretty sure it's in the trailer. So they abduct someone, take them to a... Um, are they abducted male and take him ba- basically into the forest, right. like out to, yeah, have some discussions with him? <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. This is so hard. Um, yeah. Basically, the guy that they've kidnapped is not a great guy. So oh. there is a reason for it. But 
I won't give anything else away, but things do happen to make that plan kind of a bit Mm. not go well. And you can see when you make, when people make a decision to do something that's against the law, there is a cost. Yes. To it. Very true. So you can see why why it has the, the title, The Cost. So it's a really good film. It's an hour and 40 minutes long, so I like it because it's tight. Um, there's very few um, actors or very few players in it. So part of it feels a little bit like a play, which, again, I feel like Australian films really do that very well where they've just got a sparse amount of... of um, uh, a sparse amount of uh, characters and a sparse amount of um, sets, basically, where things play out. And I like that it's a condensed timeline and, you know, it's over a very short period and yet all just it, – it amps up the tension and the pressure and the like, ah, what's going to happen here? So, yeah. We've uh, we got any more ads to play we do. Let's play those ads because I've got something I saw yesterday. I'm very excited about it. Okay. Well, we'll do that. Um, but, yeah, like I said, October the 18th, it'll be available for rent um, in streaming services. And if you are listening to our podcast, it is out as of today. Uh, just have a look online to, to find the theatrical uh, screenings throughout the nation. All right. Let me have it. So, like, Tell me some exciting news. So yesterday, uh, I Kat was uh, busy in the kitchen doing stuff, not on a computer because we got the computer in the kitchen. Long story. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was just like killing time on Netflix going, oh, I wonder what's new on Netflix. And then I was going, do, 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 do. I was like, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. And I was like going, that, that looks like a Wes Anderson film. I saw this yesterday and I'm like, is this a short film? Because I... Because I saw something else on there which also had ben- Benedict Cumberbatch on it. So, like, I was, like, going, how, how do I not know that there's a Wes Anderson film? That's For just- reals. And then I was like, hang on a second, this is only, like, 30 minutes long. I was like, and then Kat was like, I think there's something about, like, was Anderson doing some shorts on, on Netflix? I was like, really? I must uh, dive into this deeper. So uh, then I, I noticed that all the shorts are actually... Uh, short movies about Roald Dahl books. <laughs> sorry. So, uh, I literally just had a heart attack yeah. on the, on air. People listening, I'm very sorry for that vocal noise. <laughs> so we've got um, we've got very few minutes left of the show. So yes. I'm just going to quickly run you through. So I've got The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Uh, the Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar follows a rich socialite, Henry Sugar, who discovers a medical report about a man who refers to himself as the man who sees without using his eyes. The film is split into two, the retelling of the patient, Ben Kingsley's story from the point of view of his doctors, Dev Patel and Richard Ayoade, up until his death, followed by the story of Henry Sugar, Ben Cumberbatch, as he tries to use the knowledge he gained to raise a large amount of capital. Um, then we have The Swan. Uh, the Swan is, was based on a true story. Dahl's gathering inspiration from newspaper articles of the account and kept it in a book filled with his ideas. Dahl kept the clippings for over 30 years before deciding to write The Swan in October 1976. Um, and that is starring uh, Asa Jennings and Rupert Friend. Uh, then we have got uh, The Rat Catcher. Um, 
The rat catcher cast of characters include uh, two side-by-side shop owners, Richard Aowadi and Rupert Friend, and their interactions with the rat catcher, Ray Fiennes, trying to clear the area. Ray's performance as a rat catcher is creepy and unsettling, decorated with lifelike scraggy yellow fingernails, perfect for the character he's portraying. However, the short differs from the others in one key way, making it number three. So they're ranking them, the shorts, apparently. Right. I'm not going to rank the shorts. I haven't no. seen them yet. I'm excited, but I haven't seen them yet. Uh, Poison. Poison is definitely the most interesting of the four stories, um, and it stars uh, Harry uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who is found by a servant, Woods de Patel, frozen solid in a, his bed as a small snake, snake lies upon his stomach. Um, it's a fast-paced, intense 17 minutes. Harry is treated by uh, Ben Kingsley. Only for doctors will eventually find no evidence of said snake. So there you go. Uh, four... Short films by Wes Anson based on Roald Dahl books or, or writings. On Netflix. This is very exciting. Netflix I will be looking as we speak. more into it as I get home. Um, but on that fantastical note, I'm playing a lovely song to, if you're listening live, um, by Olivia Newton-John just to, to give, um, I don't know, just a callback really to Lewis working hard and getting physical. We'll catch you next week. Uh, next week? Next week, guys. See you later on Scriptonites. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture. <laughs>